Hey, and welcome to episode five of the True North Football Podcast with Joey Alfieri. A lot to get to, but the CFL season officially over. It's officially in the books with the Grey Cup going down. Congrats to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for ending that 29-year drought. And uh, just (laughs) there's been a lot of heartbreak uh, out in Winnipeg over the last few years. And I was able, like I mentioned to you guys on the last episode, I was able to head down to Calgary and take in the festivities. Was there for almost a week. And a lot of Blue Bomber fans made the trip. So really happy uh, for the people out in Winnipeg who've supported the Blue Bombers through thick and thin. Uh, but yeah, CFL season officially over. So it's exciting. It was exciting to be in Calgary. But the fact that there's no football games till June, no training camp till May. Oof. Uh, listen, we've got a lot to get to on this show, though. So look. Uh, was in Calgary, will head to the visiting locker room after the game. Tyrell Sutton joined me for an exclusive one-on-one interview. It's uh, unplugged, uncensored. Uh, You can tell uh, by his voice he's quite frustrated with the way that game went. And uh, we go into the winning locker room as well with Adam Bighill, the middle linebacker for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who uh, spoke to us moments after uh, winning it all. Also chatted with... Uh, Enoch Mwamba on awards night. We'll hear from uh, Mwamba, who became just the uh, fifth Alouette, or it's the fifth time an Alouette has won uh, the most outstanding Canadian award. So something to be proud of if you're a fan of the Montreal Alouettes. We'll also hear from Enoch Mwamba a little bit later on. Uh, But I want to start with the game. And going to be honest with you, was not expecting that kind of performance from the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Three turnovers in the first quarter. And uh, a couple of times, I mean, they would they turn over the ball seven times, uh, failed to get a yard on quarterback sneak twice. Uh, yeah, just a lot of mental mistakes that we really haven't seen all year. And I got to see the Tiger Cats play live a couple of times um, at Molson Stadium this season. And even that night in July when they gave up 203 yards rushing to William Stanback. I mean, they were in that game pretty much till the very end. They didn't look that bad even on that night. But uh, the Winnipeg defense just dominant. And Brandon Alexander had that interception on the Tiger Cats' first drive. And then when I, I, I figured the, the, the Tiger Cats were in trouble when Willie Jefferson picked up a 15-yard penalty on the on Hamilton's second drive I want to say that was and it's an automatic first down and on the very next play he ends up stripping Dane Evans of the ball and the Bombers recover and look I'm gonna be honest with you uh, even after a three turnover first quarter I didn't think it was over for the Tiger Cats because credit to their defense they only gave up eight points on the three turnovers to keep them in the game but I mean the offense never kicked into drive uh, the defense you know they did what they could but still Winnipeg managed to get some big plays and it comes down to what I'd been saying all along for the Blue Bombers I like Winnipeg but when Matt Nichols went down you can say whatever you want about Matt Nichols Chris Strebler could not be your starting quarterback day in, day out, week in, week out, because he just he can't throw the football forward. And we saw him with the big play, the big passing touchdown to Andrew Harris, but that's more catching Hamilton by surprise, I think, because he just doesn't throw the ball as much when he's you know coming in to change up the offense when Kalaros gets to take a breather for a little while. So 
Look, uh, again, I think without Caleros, I, I don't. I really don't think the Blue Bombers get this far. I think that's a given, and that's what I'd been saying all along: is that Winnipeg has a good team, but with Strebler as the full-time starting quarterback, it can't happen. Now, listen, I give Strebler a lot of credit. I was watching the game from the sideline on Sunday, and you know he'd come on the field, big play after big play, and. He was in pain. Like, he was hobbling around. He'd come back to the sidelines. He was screaming in pain. But every time his number was called, he went out there and made a play. And, and that was really, you know, a, a large part of Winnipeg's success in that game is just, you know, keeping that Hamilton defense unbalanced. Pass, run, pass, run. And, and Hamilton had absolutely no answer. So I credit the Blue Bombers. Not sure where the Tiger Cats go from here. I mean, listen, we can't forget that they did make the Grey Cup. They won 15 plus games uh, this year uh, I mean now the question is you know do you roll with Dane Evans this is a you know a young quarterback who was playing in his first great cup game so there was going to be some struggles but I don't think they lost because of Dane Evans they lost for you know a lot of other reasons too but you bring Masoli back is Masoli if you do bring him back is he even ready for the start of the year I mean he tore ACL and MCL so yeah, it's going to be an interesting offseason from that perspective from Hamilton. I think the team is solid enough. I mean, they know that that's the best team in the East, probably you know the best team in the league over an 18-game season. So I think they're fine from that respect. But you know, do they spend the money and bring back Masoli? Do they keep Masoli and Evans? Do they go with just Evans? So yeah, it should be fascinating in Hamilton, but... Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers deserve a lot of credit. They went out. They got themselves, you know, in free agency. They signed Adam Big Hill a couple of years ago. They brought in Willie Jefferson uh, last season. And you look at the offensive play calling with Paul Lapolis and, and what they were able to do, you know, even when they suffered injuries and had injury after injury after injury. I mean, the reality is Paul Lapolis deserves a lot of credit too. You know, just a tremendous play caller. And... Even, you know, every most of the time when we knew that Winnipeg had to be a one-dimensional di- one run-first offense, I mean, they still found ways to move the ball and pick up big chunks of yardage. So, you know, I'm curious to see Edmonton's head coaching job just opened. They fired Jason Moss on Wednesday morning. Uh, we know that the BC Lions opening is there. We know that the Ottawa Red Blacks opening is there. I'm curious to see where Paul Lapolis ends up. Like, is he staying in Winnipeg where, you know, things are comfortable? I'm sure he's very well paid, but do you at a certain point do you go out there and try to you know be the man in a different market? And if you know, assuming Michael Shea is going to stay out in Winnipeg now, those rumblings of you know the Toronto going to Toronto are probably not going to happen. I mean, does does he go out there and does you know does does La Police take a job in Edmonton where he'd have Trevor Harris or does he take a job out in BC where he'd have Mike Riley and 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 it'd, it'd be fascinating to see if he does that. I mean in Ottawa you don't know who the quarterback's going to be so I'm not sure if he'd jump ship to to go to the Red Blacks but you know does La Police go anywhere and if he does you know where does he end up? So there's just a lot of storylines you know, heading into this game, but really just uh, I want to get or heading out into the offseason. Sorry, but I just I, I want to get back to uh, just the, the great cup and the experience I had really well organized uh, McMahon Stadium. Yeah, Calgary probably needs a facelift, but uh, the festivities were cool. Everything was well organized. The stadium was rocking. 
Uh, so credit to the CFL for putting on a great show. And yeah, maybe it's not going to be, you know, maybe it's not a classic Grey Cup finish because, you know, the game was well in hand by the end. And I don't even think the final score ended up doing it justice. I think it was a bigger blowout uh, than than the final score would indicate. I mean, 33-12 is a significant blowout, but I don't even think it was that close. So, look, um, I'm happy for Winnipeg. That's that's really what it comes down to, and they made big play after big play on offense, thanks to Kalaros and Trevor and um, Andrew Harris getting most outstanding Canadian and the most outstanding player. I mean, I I don't know how much of that was just you know him getting overlooked for the regular season awards and the voters, you know, wanting to. I don't know. I mean, wanting it to, you know, wanting to put a positive spin on this season. Um, because I did think, you know, Willie Jefferson, Jackson Jeffcoat, they made some big plays. You know, they could have been the most valuable player, most outstanding player in the Grey Cup. You could have easily had two different winners there. Uh, but, you know, they end up deciding to give both to Andrew Harris, which in the end is fine by me, was part of the uh, post-game press conference with Andrew Harris and, all right, he tells the you know the, the the haters to they know where they can stick it. I just I I don't get what the frustration like I I get why he's frustrated, but I mean he tested positive for banned substance, and you know it's not like these haters would be out in full force if he didn't. You know in the end you're responsible for what you ingest. But I was happy for Andrew Harris. I was glad that you know he had that level of success on the field and in such a big game, and he was able to make a statement. I mean, look, he's a running back in his thirties. And he's a Canadian at a position where there's not a ton of Canadians, you know, that that are that dominant that, at that position. So I was I was happy for him. Don't get me wrong, but still, I think you know you could have won with a little more, you know, class. And I don't even know if it's class. I think it's just you know coming to the realization that you got popped. Well, what do you want to do? I mean, that nobody's going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Nobody really knows you from a hole in the wall. And nobody's going to give you the benefit of the doubt. So, look, the CFLPA players uh, don't agree with what happened there. Uh, the All-Star team came out late in the week as voted on by the CFLPA. And Kahari Jones was the head coach. The Alouettes had a couple of players there, Standback and uh, Bolo Combo. But Andrew Harris uh, did not get the nod at running back. That went to Standback. And the thing, I did, and, and I have no problem with that. Uh, the issue I have is Louis-Philippe Bourassa, who also got popped the long snapper from the Red Blacks who got popped with a two-game suspension for, you know, testing positive for a banned substance. He's voted in as the long snapper, and that's just, you know, that's not right. I, I don't think that's right either, but it's all over. It's all said and done. The All-Star teams uh, or the CFLPA All-Star team has been determined. The Grey Cup has been handed out, and the awards, uh, I mean, Winnipeg and Hamilton, they, they won some significant awards too. Willie Jefferson named Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, and Brandon Banks, who unfortunately couldn't finish that great cup game, uh, I believe he's going to undergo surgery. I saw for a hernia. Uh, that was, you know, I mean, the, the game was already well in hand when Banks went out. But without Banks, the Tiger Cats were never coming back. And as I mentioned before, Enoch Muamba won the Outstanding Canadian Award. Uh, middle linebacker for the Montreal Alouettes, who since coming back to Montreal, these last two seasons, he's been phenomenal. I was able to catch up with Mwamba after the awards show at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome on Thursday night, and here's how it sounded. Just to be the outstanding Canadian, and really you've put together since coming to Montreal, like two really strong years, man. Like just what have the last couple of years meant to you? 
Uh, it's meant a lot. Um, you know, I'm super appreciative to the organization for allowing me to to flourish, um, believing in me, uh, giving me the confidence, the encouragement. Excuse me. Um, like I said, you know, I came in here and they uh, remember sitting down with management, sitting down with uh, Mr. Boivin. And um, he said, Enoch, I want you to be you. There's going to be challenges, but I want you to be you. I want you to be a leader on this team. And, um, you know, they really encouraged me to become the best uh, person that I can be. And um, I really feel like this year um, by far has been the best year as far as leadership is concerned that I've ever been towards um, not only my teammates, but just as a human being, as a father, uh, as a husband, um, as a friend and a brother. Because I don't know how many people remember this, but this is your second go-around with the Oz, and the first one didn't end so well. So I'm sure you needed some convincing to come back. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers, but I I, I was flown to Montreal. Uh, we had endless conversation with Cavis when he was still at the helm. And, um, um, you know, I saw a lot of changes um, that, you know, to me really uh, meant a lot as far as structure is concerned. And uh, I met with the coaching staff at the time. I'm Stubler. I probably still have his phone, his phone number on my phone, but he played a big role as well. I probably He probably called me maybe three, four, five times a day. And... Um, <laughs> But, you know, it, it showed me that they really wanted me. And so I looked at my options and um, um, after I, I analyzed them and I saw that the changes that were made in Montreal from the first, my first uh, go around were legitimate. And again, I knew it was, was going to be a challenge to uh, bring this, this team and the city back to its days and its glory days. But um, like I said, I feel like we took a huge step towards that direction. Did... Does it still sting the East semi, the East semifinal loss? Does it still it still bother you? Absolutely. Um, I think if it doesn't, for myself or any of my teammates, you're not a, a true competitor. Um, so it does still sting. I mean, I'm here, the biggest game in the season, and I'm not playing in it. Um, so I'm not playing in it. But it stings. But like I, like I shared earlier, man, um, uh, the peace I find in is in you know looking at the the journey that we've had and the the steps that we've taken. Um, despite all the changes, despite all the, uh, the, the, the changes as far as players is concerned, coaching staff, management, and all that, I'm super proud of my guys. And, um, you know, um, I'm excited. I'm excited for this challenge. And like I said, we're really close. I can feel it. I can sense it. Um, you know, training can't can come soon enough. Because <laughs> some people, they look at the loss and just be disappointed by, you know, not getting all the way to the great cup. But it sounds like you can appreciate the big picture the progress like how important is that to take that next step? have to well, um the last words that i said when i uh, accepted the awards i think you were in the back yeah. but i shared it with everybody on in, in, in over there and it's something that's been you know resting on my heart for the last couple months even before we got eliminated um but it's been just the fact that the journey is more important than the destination and um i look back at this journey the beginning of my career, um, the beginning of this season, whatever journey it is that you want to put that that, that quote to, um, the journey itself is more important. The reason for that is because of so many things that you can take from the journey. Um, it's not really the destination that matters as much. I mean, I can win the Great Cup, but if I didn't win any, if I didn't pick up any gems and pick up any lessons along the way on that journey, it'd really be for nothing. And so, although I didn't get the Great Cup, I didn't get to play in the Great Cup game this year in 2019, um, so many gems, so many lessons, and, and so much growth I, I've experienced this year that um, I can only look back and be proud 
crowd, be happy, um, rejoice, and, and look forward to next year. There's 11 other guys on the field on defense, but with um, there's a lot of reasons why you're here, right? Not just your performance, the guys help you out, but how did Coach Slowick put you in a position to succeed this year? Man, he just allowed me to, 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 to be the best that I can be. He challenges me. Um, to continue to be better, to grow more. Um, Coach Slow is, just, like I said, he's one of the most inspirational human beings I've ever, I've ever been associated with. I've been, never, ever, you know, played next to or you know been coached by. And so um, he's just a guy that I have so much respect for. Um, so just starting from there for me, once you have my respect, man, you know, um, the rest is going to be easy. And so I have so much respect for him, not only myself, but the whole team, offense and defense alike. And um, uh, like I said, man, I, I, you know, I embraced his new system. Um, we spent countless hours together, you know, before, after games, during this, the week, preparing for games. And, you know, I really try to pick his brain every single day. And, um, you know, he's got a great football mind. And um, like I said, I'm just excited for, for really step two in his system next year, which is going to be amazing. And so um, we're looking forward to, you know, the new announcement when uh, the team is uh, we're all cheering and, 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 you know, crossing our fingers that, you know, this, these, both these coaches, Coach K as well as Coach um, Slow and the rest of the coaching staff is going to stay intact because I think they're going to be an essential part and piece for us to um, take that next step as an organization. There you go. Special year. Thanks to Enoch Mwamba of the middle linebacker of the Montreal Alouettes for joining us on the True North Football Podcast with Joey Alfieri. So listen, Mwamba has another year left on that contract and the Montreal Alouettes uh, mentioned or they've officially confirmed earlier this week that Kahari Jones was going to be back. And now the big question we heard in that interview with Mwamba, just his appreciation for his defensive teammates and for defensive coordinator Bob Slowick, uh, wrote a piece uh, for Three Down Nation earlier this week, and and the question marks I have regarding Kahari Jones's future coaching staff, and right at the top of the list is whether or not Bob Slowick will be back. I think if you're looking at just the individual uh, results of that defensive unit, you know they 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 were they gave up the most yards uh, through the air. Um, they gave up, you know, they they did give up big chunks of yardage, but that that is. Look, in fairness, they give up a lot of yards at the beginning of the year, too. Uh, and Bob Sloick was new to the Canadian Football League, this being his first year on the job. And they, you know, they did take some time to adapt. And there were stretches where the defense was very, very good. And then there was other stretches where the defense wasn't as good. And we saw in the semifinal, they had no answer for Trevor Harris. So um, if, if we're going just based on results uh, and the fact that Bob Sloick was brought in by Mike Sherman, not Kahari Jones... I would think that Bob Slowick would be back, but uh, you do have to look at the progress that the unit made at different times throughout the year. The players swear by Bob Slowick, and you know the fact that he's got a whole off season to prepare after going through a full season. I think that probably buys him some time too. Now that you know he's going to be able to, he's got the support of the players, and <laughs> year two is going to be big for him. In the sense that, you know, this is either going to be, you know, he really gets adjusted to the Canadian Football League and the defense takes another step forward, or, um, you know, he's going to be two and and done, uh, essentially. So this is a big year for Bob Slowick. I I personally, my feeling is I think he'll be back, uh, but I could be wrong. Uh, other 
questions I had, a piece you can read again on 3Down Nation. It's called Five Questions Regarding Kahari Jones's Future Alouette's Coaching Staff. Uh, who will the quarterbacks coach be? Because Kahari Jones uh, is going to stay on as head coach, obviously, and offensive coordinator. But in the press release, uh, it did not indicate that he would keep the quarterback coach title. So they probably want to bring in you know, another uh, offensive assistant there. Um, I also wonder if Marcel uh, Belfay will be back in Montreal now that Kahari Jones is the full-time head coach. The reason I ask, and this is just pure speculation on my part, but when Kahari Jones began his coaching career in Hamilton, he was the quarterback coach for two years under Marcel Belfoy. And then Belfoy eventually um, gave him a promotion to offensive coordinator. And then, you know, once Belfoy was out, Kahari Jones went to Saskatchewan and, went, uh, and became the quarterback coach there. But then they, uh, pl- they coached together again. They worked together when Kahari Jones was the offensive coordinator in BC and Belfoy was the receivers coach. So again, uh, just speculation on my part, no intel, haven't heard anything about that. But I wonder if uh, Marcel Belfry ends up coming back to Montreal uh, as an offensive assistant in, in some capacity. Uh, Robert Gordon was one of the few hires that Kari Jones got to bring in. So I'd imagine uh, that Flash Gordon is going to be back. He was the receivers coach last year. So I don't know exactly in what capacity uh, Belfry would come back if he did, uh, but uh, I it is one of the things that that kind of uh, piqued my curiosity. Or that's going to pique my curiosity here as the Kahari Jones's coaching staff ends up being finalized. I believe uh, Marcel Belfoy is 53 now, and he's been serving as a scout with the Edmonton Eskimos. So, you know, I think if they really wanted him, they could probably pry him uh, out of Edmonton. But who knows if he wants to coach or not? Maybe he's happy scouting. I don't know. But Kahari Jones gets that three-year extension. And uh, it'll be interesting to see just uh, how this coaching staff ends up being finalized and who the new faces are and whether or not, you know, some of the Mike Sherman uh, guys and Kavis Reed guys, too, because Kavis Reed helped uh, fill out that coaching staff with a lot of uh, with guys who had some, you know, Canadian football experience. Uh, Just wondering what it's going to look like when it's all said and done. It's the True North Football Podcast, Episode 5 with Joey Alfieri was live at the Grey Cup in Calgary all week, and we touched on it. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers dominate, dominate the Hamilton Tiger Cats, who were just devastated. I walked into the both, I mean, I walked into both locker rooms, as we'll hear uh, momentarily here. Uh, but, you know, in Winnipeg, it's my first time, or in the Winnipeg locker room, it was my first time uh, being part or, you know, sitting in a locker room of a championship-winning team. I'd never done that before. It was cold. Uh, there was that smell of champagne. There was champagne everywhere. It was really cool scene. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you can go to my Instagram page, Joey underscore Alfieri. I have plenty of video from the week uh, in my uh, story highlights. And there is uh, some good footage in that Winnipeg locker room of people sipping champagne from the Grey Cup with the ski goggles on. It was really, really cool. Couldn't help but feel happy uh, for uh, all the fans who made the trip from Winnipeg. Uh, to Calgary and all the fans back in Calgary who, you know, have been struggling along the last 29 years with no Grey Cup championship. That's, you know, they've moved between the West and the East and the West and the East. And, you know, they've had some Grey Cup heartbreak in 2011. And, you know, they've fallen short. Kevin Glenn getting hurt uh, in 2007, I want to say that was, in the Eastern Final. And, you know, they end up going to the Grey Cup with Ryan Dinwiddie and, you know, James Johnson, a defensive back, ends up, you know, being... Uh, player of the uh, 
the outstanding player of the great cup with three interceptions. So look, I think um, it's been a long time coming for Winnipeg fans, Hamilton fans too. I mean, they've been waiting since 1999. That's now the longest drought in the CFL, but, and believe it or not, the Alouettes have the second longest drought and they won a championship like nine years ago, which is crazy, but yeah, it's been a long time coming for Hamilton. I think the Tiger Cats are going to be fine, but Really was thrilled to be able to talk to some of the players in the locker room after the game. And uh, here's my chat with Adam Big Hill. This is seconds after the Bombers had raised the Grey Cup. They're in the locker room celebrating, as you can probably hear in the background. But here's my conversation one-on-one with Adam Big Hill. 29 years, man. I mean, to do it for this city, how does that feel? It feels amazing because it's everything we wanted to do. I re-signed to bring a Grey Cup back to Winnipeg. We knew how close we were. I mean, it's such a great organization for great people. Uh, you know, I love being a Winnipeg Blue Bomber. I live, love living in Winnipeg. At, at what point did you realize, like, you guys you guys had it tonight? I mean, we just kept offense, kept sustaining drives. Defense kept coming up with stops, turnovers, third and short. We weren't giving it to them. I mean, we were stingy all night, and all phases did their job, and we really controlled the momentum of the entire game. So... I mean, we just felt like we are going to keep letting that momentum go. I mean, you guys set the tone with three turnovers in the first quarter. I mean, you stopped them on downs twice, man. Just what was the message going into this game defensively, and why were you guys able to execute? I mean, the message was real simple. Do your job. This game is the biggest game of the year, but it's still a football game. You don't have to do anything different. Do your job. Make the plays that you need to make, and we'll be champions. And we, we did that. What can you tell me just about Caleros? I mean, coming in, he had injured at the beginning of the year, traded, traded again here. I mean, what has he brought to this locker room? I mean, I respected Zach from, from when I played against him. And when he came in here, I, I mean, I respected him. I respect him to the world even more now. It's based on he came in and he accepted whatever role was given to him to try to help, help the team however he could. And we're at the point where he's now the quarterback in playoffs, getting wins. I mean, speaks so much to a guy and his talent, his football IQ, his professionalism, to be able to come into a, a new team and be able to get the job done. So, I mean, can't say enough about Zach. Love the guy. Look, we can't deny. Strevler's had some ups and some downs this year, but, I mean, the guy's hobbling around all postseason. You look at the plays he made tonight. He really made some big-time plays. I mean, what kind of energy do you get from Strevler and what he did? I mean, he's a warrior. I mean, we, we've seen every play he's hobbling off, and he comes back, and we're just – Loving them up and tell them we're going to get this for you, man. We're going to get it done. We appreciate you. Keep going. Stay strong. We're going to get this thing done for you. And, I mean, you can't say enough about the heart, the kind of heart that he brings to this team. Thanks for doing this, man. Congrats. Thank you. There he is. It's a middle linebacker from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Adam Big Hill, uh, who had a big game. That entire unit was fantastic. And you have to think that, you know, with free agency looming, and I saw where Willie Jefferson uh, is a free agent. So there's going to be some key guys there on that team that they're not going to be able to bring back. You know, you'd think that Willie Jefferson is going to be high on the priority list, but if he does make it to market in February, uh, you know, not to bring up the Alouettes again, but their lack of pass rush was was evident all season. And you'd have to think that, you know, getting a guy of that size who can move around the defensive line and Willie Jefferson would be huge. Uh, but Winnipeg's going to have a hard time keeping that team together. It's normal. I mean, it happens every time you know a team wins a championship, and even sometimes when they don't, it, it still happens. Uh, but really happy for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Um, it was also on the flip side, my not my first time, but it was 
one of the few times I've been able to go into a losing locker room and I walk in and the first person I saw was Chris Van Zyl, you know, sitting at his stall, just, you know, veteran offensive tackle, one offensive lineman of the year, you know, a few days earlier. And he was just, he looked devastated. Um, and, you know, there are some familiar faces uh, to me in that locker room. So I went around, tried to get some reaction, had a really good chat with Tiger Cats running back Tyrell Sutton, who played really well. It was unfortunate that the Tiger Cats fell behind so early. They had to get away from Sutton. But Sutton, I thought, was probably, you know, their best player on offense. And he's going to be a free agent heading into the winter. And there was talk uh, during Grey Cup week, Dave Naylor of TSN reported that there's four teams interested uh, in William Standback in the NFL. The Patriots and the Bears are going to be working him out. And or there's many teams interested, but four working him out so far. And the Bears and Patriots are two of the four teams that are working him out or that plan to work him out. And, you know, it got me wondering, you know, is Tyrell Sutton possibly a fit with the Montreal Alouettes and uh, asked them about the game, asked them whether he wanted to continue playing beyond uh, this season or not. And here's the one on one chat I had post game with Tyrell Sutton. Just listener beware. Uh, this is moments after losing the Grey Cup. Uh, so there is some colorful language here, uh, but I yeah, I don't want to edit or censor anything. Uh, it's a podcast. I wanted you to get the the sense, just the raw emotion um, coming from the winning locker room in Winnipeg, which we just heard from Adam Big Hill, and the losing locker room as well. So uh, just listener beware. There is some uh, some heavy language here at different points, but this is Tyrell Sutton moments after the Tiger Cats lost the Grey Cup. So it just seemed from... Uh from the get-go you guys had three turnovers in the first quarter and you just were never able to kind of get it on the rails is that how you is that how you saw it um i mean i guess that's one way of looking at it but i mean we just we didn't play our game we didn't execute um we got out physical we just we didn't play our type of game today and it just it showed we didn't come out playing like champions today and shit, we got our ass beat what was what was the biggest thing that you felt like you guys needed to do better there guy or what did you plan on doing that you just couldn't do I think the game plan was fine. I just think that we just we got out physical all around. I didn't do enough. Um, Dane didn't do enough. The O-line didn't do enough. We, we, we didn't do enough as a team. Is this, I mean, this is, might, you know, might be tough to ask you in this moment, but you feel like this was probably the worst performance of the season like since you've been here? Um, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's the worst time to have that kind of game. But, I mean, you know, 12 points is not what we're accustomed to. Um, all those turnovers are not what we're accustomed to. All those sacks and that. It's, yeah, this was the, by far the worst game that we played since I've been here. And I mean, just for yourself, I know, you know, in this moment, you definitely can't appreciate the, the season maybe you guys have had. But for yourself, I mean, to be in Montreal, to be traded to Vancouver, to go to Toronto, to come here, to go all the way to Grey Cup, I mean, you got to be proud of what you were able to accomplish. Yeah, it's, been a, it's been a pretty good year for me. Um, it's been an up and down year. Um, you know, I got the great support of my wife out here. Um, so it's been a it's been a great year. It's been a really great year. Having been on four teams in the last year, I never would have thought that I'd be in this position. Um, from literally getting traded to sitting on the bench on one team to getting cut and to playing in the Great Cup. I mean, it's <laughs> it's life. Why, why was this such a good fit for you? Like, why were you able to be you know have the season you had when you were healthy when you got in there? These guys are amazing over here. Um, the coaching staff, the organization, they just they let me come in and just be me. They didn't have too many expectations on me. They said, come in and just be you and ball. Um, and, and with these, these playmakers around here, it makes it easy for you to come in here and just do just your job. You don't have to do too much. You don't have to do too little. You just come in and know that everybody's going to come to work every single day, focused, and ready to grind it out. 
Yeah, I'll disappoint to see Speedy not even finish the game. That's very disappointing. I mean, we dropped a lot of bodies today. Um, so I hope I hope my guys healthy. Um, come back in the offseason and get ready. Heal up, Speedy. Um, my brother, love you. Would Winnipeg do anything that caught you guys off guard, like stuff you weren't expecting? Maybe I don't think so. I think we just we killed ourselves. I don't want. I mean, I'm not saying they they, they didn't make plays. They get paid too. But I think we shot ourselves in the foot more so than <clears throat> than they shot us in the foot. Um, pretty sure that the turnover ratio was uh, <laughs> fucking ginormous. Um, I think what it was seven to two coming in. I think they was a plus seven. We was a plus two, and I think. Shit, I ain't gonna lie. I think they might have doubled that shit today. So I mean, you can't play any game and expect to win when you have that many turnovers. I mean, just even the, the short yardage. Yeah. I mean, twice getting stopped twice. I don't know if you guys have done that all year. No, we haven't done it all year. But that didn't that didn't that didn't make our confidence falter. We just we knew we had to keep executing and keep going and just keep going. But we we just we fluttered. We didn't we weren't we didn't play our like ourselves today, and it was the wrong time to do it. You probably don't even want to think about this now, but you're free agent in February. I mean, have you given it any thought? You definitely want to keep playing? Uh, yeah, I definitely want to keep playing. My wife wants me to keep playing. <laughs> uh, you know, so we'll see what happens this offseason. I think I got uh, maybe one or two more left in me. I know y'all hear this. So uh, whoever needs an old-ass running back who can still run downhill and hit a couple dudes. Somebody come get me. <laughs> I mean, the average, the average is. I mean, the average is good. Has been good all season when you're in there. The average was good today. I mean, it, it, you can. I mean, it doesn't look like you've lost a step at all. I don't, I don't think so. But at the same time, that's a testament to <clears throat> the play calling over here and, and the guys up front. Um, if you look at anybody, if you look at anybody who was in and out of here, everybody over here had a had a pretty good run game. So that's an indictment on the guys up front um, as well as the guys in the back running bar. What's the, what's the plan now for the next couple of weeks? What, what, what are you up to? Uh, you got a baby on First of all, yeah, congrats for baby on the Thank way. you, thank you, thank you. Going home for Thanksgiving to see the uh, family in Ohio. Uh, taking my babies, a.k.a. my wife and my little pregnant tater. Uh, and Kiki, we're going to Hawaii, you know, rest up, heal, spend some family time with the family and just get away. Great season, man. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Joe. There's Tyrell Sutton, so he's going to take some time off with the family. Uh, his wife uh, is expecting a child. And, uh, yeah, nice. sounds nice they're going <laughs> to end up in, uh, in Hawaii. So hopefully uh, the Suttons can relax, get away from football a little bit. But he made it clear right there that uh, the plan is to come back for another year or two. And I wonder if Standback goes to the NFL, does that open the door for a potential return uh, for Tyrell Sunday, and you heard and you heard him right there. I mean, it, it there was some times in the last year where it, it looked bleak for him. Traded from Montreal to BC, BC lets him walk, goes to Toronto, gets benched, gets cut, goes to Hamilton, fits in like a glove whenever he was healthy. I uh, didn't play uh, in the East semifinal or the East final, but really was a big contributor uh, in the Great Cup, and they end up losing. But nowhere uh, was that Tyrell Sun's fault. Uh, it is the True North Football Podcast wrapping up episode five with Joey Alfieri here. Um, look, I mean, the podcast is going to continue. I'm challenging myself to come up with different storylines throughout the winter, really. I mean, that's that's what we're going to look at some general CFL topics. We're going to get in-depth a little bit. Always kind of going to focus and, and keep that Montreal uh, angle because we are based out of Montreal and a big portion of our listenership uh, are Alouettes fans. But a lot of our storylines that you know we're going to follow and we're going to break down every week uh, are going to be general storylines. Uh, 
stuff that I plan on tackling in the next little while is certain topics, for example, could be, uh, is it time to abolish the negotiation list? Our first round picks, do we overrate our first round picks compared to, you know, CFL front offices? Uh, we'll get into all stuff like that, stuff that I've debated with you guys on Twitter before, uh, but would like to take it to podcast form. We're going to have some cool guests. We're going to have some players on, agents on, coaches, general managers. Like we're going to try uh, to really go around the CFL uh, throughout the entire winter. And, you know, hopefully uh, we blink and it's June again. That would be really cool. But it's been a really fun 2019 season. It was really cool to be at the Great Cup. It was cool to follow the Montreal Alouettes very, very closely this year. Um, like I said, I had picked them to make the Great Cup, or not to make the Great Cup, but to finish second uh, in the Eastern standings. Thought that they could do some damage in the playoffs. And they they even exceeded uh, my expectations uh, this year. So it's been a whole lot of fun out east here in Montreal. Uh, hopefully Toronto and Ottawa can get their act together and pick up the East Division here a, a little bit because the West still seems to dominate. They've won. Yeah, that's back-to-back Great Cups now. Uh, so it's been a fun year. We're going to keep it going. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Be sure to uh, leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcast. And uh, keep in mind, uh, if you have any questions or comments, you can message me on Twitter. My DMs are open at Joey Alfieri. You can also find me on Instagram at Joey underscore Alfieri. And like my page on Facebook, Joey Alfieri MTL. Uh, we post some uh, unique content on all three of those platforms. So be sure to like those. Thanks, everybody. And enjoy the offseason. But like I said, we're sticking around.